everyone. Long time no talk. It's Maddie here on Thursday, March 4th in the year 2021 at 7.22 p.m. And today I am here to introduce an exciting guest and a wonderful conversation that I got to have a few weeks ago. And I also want to say that the really great thing about being a person is that you can change your mind. You can start something and it can become something else. And it's not a moment of failure because you started. And if it becomes something else, that's what's supposed to happen. This always happens when I start recording. My refrigerator starts running really loud, but we're just going to push through it. But anyways, I just wanted to say that because sometimes I hesitate to say things or do things in my life because I think, what if I don't think that or like that tomorrow or next month or next year? But folks, that's the beauty. Just do things because you want to do them. And because you did them, they'll grow into something exciting that grows with you. Because I think that's really the point, to keep growing. So the reason I say all this is because this podcast has become sort of sporadic and, you know, things happen in your life. A lot of things have happened in mine recently that change my ability to be able to do certain things. But one thing I really, really, really love most in the entire world is talking to people. And having a podcast is a great excuse to talk to people. So today I'm talking to someone that I met on a Zoom call the week before I interviewed him. But the first time I heard his name, I was probably 13 or 14 because his dad was talking on my TV. And you'll hear us talk about the story in the interview. But basically, Trace Bell and I are going to be discussing a lot of things. We're going to be talking about spiral dynamics. We're going to be talking about rap music. We're going to be talking about family dynamics, another kind of dynamic, all kinds of stuff. It's a really fun conversation. And the reason that I met him and got connected to him, well, I haven't met him actually, but I was taking a class from his dad, Rob Bell. You might have, might have heard of him. If you haven't, you should read some of his books because they're great books. But I was taking a class from his dad, and then his dad offered another class, but this time taught with his son, Trace. And then his son, Trace, held a separate Zoom class, and I took it. And anyways, long story short, you can hear us talk about all these things, but Rob Bell, his father, and Trace Bell, the person you're about to hear, do a really cool thing called Saturday School. And they're going to be doing it the first Saturday of every month this year. What a better year to go to Saturday school. Isn't that? Anyways, I'm really enjoying it. The next one is actually on Saturday, and I believe you can still register. I'll put the link in the notes, but if you just look up Rob Bell, if you Google him, I think his website's robbell.com, um, you can click on the link to sign up. It's a lot of fun. Last time we talked about an introduction to awareness, and I believe... This week is either about the mind or the body. They're really eye-opening and uplifting and enlightening conversations that drive your curiosity. And the cool part too is that you can do a little discussion group later in the week with a small group of people on Zoom. So 
It's a fun way to keep learning and keep growing and keep chasing what you're curious about and piquing other curiosities. And without further ado, let's get into the conversation and talk with Trace because he's a really cool guy with a lot of thoughts and a lot of interesting things to say, and I loved talking to him. Hi. Hey, Maddie. How you doing? Good. How are you? You can Great. See- you can see a picture. I always laugh when I go on Zoom calls because my picture is a picture of me when I was like three years old. And I'm used to the, I'm used to the Zoom ones because I have my own Zoom account. So I'm used to like when I come in, like with the waiting room. So yeah. like when I come in, like, I can see my screen. But when I came in, like it didn't have my video automatically on. And I just haven't gone in the early parts of quarantine. I'd gone Zoom like this before. Like, it, uh-huh. it wasn't like, like I hadn't done like the meeting ones before. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was like, wait, what, what? I was like, this is, this is trippy. And then I was like, oh yeah, wait, I have, I've done this kind of zoom before, but yeah. how are you doing? Good. How are you? Really good. Really good. It's such a beautiful, where, where do you live again? We, I live I in like, Virginia. Virginia. I live okay. like an hour and a half from DC. Okay. Okay. So it's That's dark. It. There's not what, sun shining. What city in Virginia? I live in Winchester. Okay. Okay. Nice. It's I've like, been, um, what's the biggest city in Virginia? Uh, um, I'm my dad's tour. I've been to one city in Virginia. I'm just not, it's like the biggest city in the biggest city. I don't know what that would be. Norfolk, Virginia beach. Um, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you in a second. Richmond. Uh, yeah. Richmond, Richmond, Richmond. Okay. Maybe it's not the biggest, but Richmond is it's the, the city capital. Yeah. Okay. It's the capital. That's what yeah. I, I confused that then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I messed it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm here in, uh, in Hermosa and it's Hermosa beach, California. It's really nice right now. Oh, that's great. Um, Wait, do you yeah. live near the beach? Are you like no, on the beach? I actually live in, I live in West Hollywood with my parents, okay. but I'm here at, this is my, my girlfriend has her place. She's like renting a place down here in, in Hermosa. So that's um, awesome. Which is really nice. Um, yeah. It's just like, it's like, it was like 60 today, but it's really nice. Man. If, I think it's like in the twenties here. We had a oh, giant shit, yeah. snowstorm. Shit, man. That's, that's, I didn't, realize <laughs> it was that cold. I didn't realize it was that cold in Virginia. I thought Virginia was further down South, but yeah. yeah it's not usually this cold but this winter we've had so much snow Damn, so like I, there's like probably i guess it's not as much now but there's like a foot of snow in places outside oh my gosh yeah, every, every place is just getting crazy snow like yeah, yeah. not california is, that's, that's crazy yeah not california clearly but i didn't i didn't mean to bra- i thought it was warmer where you were i didn't mean to like brag no, that it's, no. it's nice down here because even then it's still it was like 60 which is like cold for us here in california but I forget the 60s is still warmer than like much other, many other places right now. Yeah. No, I don't mind it. As long as you have a good coat. Yeah. Also this, so you know, and I'm not just talking to a bottle of soap. I have my mic attached to this thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even notice what that was. It's kind of distracting to look at. I like it. I like it. But it works great. I see see the little mic coming off (laughs) of that. I didn't notice it. I was like, what is, is that hand? I thought it was hand sanitizer at first because like for COVID and I was like, oh, nice. I wanted to offer you some. <laughs> offer you a glass of water too, but that wouldn't be helpful. <laughs> no, I'll drink, I'll drink a virtual glass of water. Um, okay, so what do you what do what do you want to talk about in this this episode? Do you have a like a um sort of I just wanna topics? I have a lot of topics in my head. I don't okay. have like notes or an outline because I don't okay. I don't like having like things yeah. written because I feel like it kind of messes up the natural uh-huh. conversational flow. But I did want to tell you. The, a weird story okay. that, that was the reason I was at Saturday school in the first place. Okay. But I have this memory of being a kid. I was probably like 13, 14, something. And I remember being at my house and they were having some kind of group at my house. 
like a church group or something. Mm -hmm. And I have probably been to a million church groups, a million church services, heard a million people talk about stuff. And this is the one thing I've remembered through my whole life. And there's mm -hmm. this guy talking on the screen. He was walking around a lake holding his son who was crying. Oh, and yeah, his son's yeah. name was, was Trace. It was Rain, right? Or yeah. What was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I've always remembered that. Interesting. And it's yeah. so funny because I think when I when I came across your dad later on in my life, I was like, oh, that's the guy that was talking about his son Trace. And so it's yeah. really funny to be talking to you because yeah. even in Saturday school, it you started off with your awareness as a child, and that's sort of what that whole thing is about. And so yeah, I yeah, that, that was so funny. <laughs> that's really interesting. And everyone that story is about me. So everyone assumes that that's actually me in the video. But it's I not. Had, the problem is it was an actor because I had already been, too, I was too old at that point. So like yeah. the story happened when I was like a young kid. And then by the time my dad actually made it into a Numa, I had like already grown to like, I was probably like, like late elementary school at that point. Yeah. You so couldn't, they, you they couldn't act like your way into that. <laughs> so everyone's always like, everyone's always like, were you in? That was you in the, in the Numa, right? And I was like, well, the story's about me, but that's not actually the, that's actually me in the video, you know? Yeah. It's, that's hilarious because I forget the Numas were like such like another lifetime ago. Like they were such a long time ago. Yeah. And, and so it's like funny thinking like, oh yeah, people watching Saturday school would have like known about me from the Numa. Like it's just funny watching the different threads be connected. Yeah. Um, it's just such a blast. Yeah. That's a, that's a great memory though. I love that. Yeah. But it's so weird. Cause I always, rem I've always like remembered that. And that was like, I don't know, like 13 years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Those, those but, Numas were so good too. Like, yeah, I, that's the only one I've, I don't know if I've seen the others. Yeah. I think but, that was, that was the one that most people like reference. And I think that was like the, the big one that most people kind of, that was like one of the best ones for sure. Cause it had, yeah. it. that's why it was the best. Yeah. 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 It's relatable, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to talk about, why don't you start with talking about the, the trace behind the trace? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And then we'll, then we'll, that's awesome. Cause that's we'll a cool get, story too. Okay, cool. Okay, so and, just, and just start whenever, right? Or, or you yeah. do you have an intro? Do you have an intro for the, or just, just I'll start? do it, but I'll do it aside from this. Okay, okay, cool. So you can go ahead. Okay, so the, the trace behind the trace, um, there, from a young age, there was always this thing about reality that I describe as like, I couldn't put my finger on it. It was like, there was this really weird sort of, I call it like a mysterious sort of like miraculous aspect of reality and this whole experience. Um, that just totally mystified me from a young age. And what I'm referring to when I refer to this is that I always had this awareness that was aware of Trace. So there's, I existed in, this, in, in the world as Trace and there's this whole Trace experience, but there was always this awareness that's aware of Trace experience, that was aware of the Trace experience. It's like, like everything that happened in my experience, I was aware of it. Anything that's ever happened in any of our experience, we've been aware of it. That's the only way there is experience is if we're aware of it. If we're not aware of our experience, then we can't say there's experience, right? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. So there's, so we, we each have this awareness that's completely aware of experience. Now, the thing that, that so puzzled me about reality is that the, the awareness that's aware of my experience is also aware of trace. So I, when I, as a kid, I would do activities um, and I would have experiences. And one of my favorite was, was listening to music. And I would sit there and listen, listen to music with my eyes closed. Uh, and the, I would, the whole time I'm listening to music with my eyes closed, I would be thinking, thinking to myself, who is the one that's actually having this experience? Because clearly I'm aware of this music. And now, obviously, 
like the, the thought came up in my head and people hearing that would say, well, it's just Trace is the one that's having that experience. It's just the human body of Trace that's listening to music and Trace is the one having the experience of listening to music. But the reason that never sat, that, that just never sat right with me and the reason that never sat right with me was because there's also an awareness that's aware of Trace. And the awareness that's aware of the whole Trace experience is the same awareness that's aware of the music. So how could Trace be the one experiencing the music if there's also an awareness that's aware of Trace and that's aware of the music? So when I say the, the me behind the me, it was like there was always this me that was watching Trace. It was like there was always an observer that sort of, it almost felt like it was like sitting behind my eyes. There was, almost, there was always this observer that was aware of the whole Trace experience. And the observer that's aware of the Trace experience is also aware of the music that's playing as well. So I can't say that Trace is the observer because there's an observer that's aware of Trace. So this was, the, this was like my, I call it like my doorway, my doorway into spirituality. It was this question right here. It was like, no matter where I went, there was this awareness that was aware of everything. And it can't, I can't, it never sat right for me to say it was just Trace that was aware because there was always an awareness of Trace. That's a very important distinction. Um, and so my spiritual journey and my, um, my awakenings were awakenings into what actually that, that observer is, what actually those, they, the, they were awakenings into the answers to um, the question of what is that awareness that's aware of trace. And it was spirituality for me was really sort of realizing why that perplexed me as a young child, why that question um, perplexed me so much. Do you think, did you find that you had any sort of attachment or explanation to those? Because obviously in your upbringing, you were around that. You were around like a, a religious tradition. Yeah, that, and that's, that's, a, that, that's, that's one of the really interesting parts of the whole story <laughs> is that I obviously grew up with, my parents had started a, a massive mega church in West Michigan. So I was surrounded by religion. Um, but I, w I never considered myself religious growing up, which always sounds weird to people because they're like, wait, your dad started a, your dad was a Christian pastor and your parents started a mega church. But I just was always indifferent towards religion. Like my, my parents never pressured us to be religious and religion really was not that big a part of our household. Like it just was not really, my dad spoke at the church um, and the church was a big part of his life and my mom's life, but it just wasn't a big part of my life. And it wasn't a big part of um, my brother, my, my brother's life as well. It was like, I just was never interested in religion itself because religion never fueled um, that sort of curiosity I had about that awareness that's aware of trace. It was like the, the religion just was like so not interesting to me. So some people grow up like hating religion or have a lot of animosity towards religion. I never hated it or had, had any animosity. I just describe it as like complete indifference. I was just like, it didn't resonate with me. I just never found religion interesting um, in the slightest. So I kind of just like bypassed religion. It, was, it, was, it wasn't religion that was interesting to me. It was spirituality that was interesting to me. Um, and I, I had a family that, was, uh, that I'm so thankful for that, that didn't sort of pressure me to be religious or put religion on me in any way. They just only fueled and encouraged that curiosity I had. And, they, and I didn't have to like subscribe to any sort of like rules or structure or religion um, that they were a part of. Yeah, that's a hard, that's a really hard thing to do, to yeah. cultivate someone's curiosity and their own awareness and their own experience, because it really takes, you have to pay attention and you have to be really invested in that person and not your agenda for them or your agenda for yourself. 
Yeah. And I was the, 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 I'm so grateful that my parents handled it the way that they did because they didn't also try to give me answers to my questions. They let me just explore myself. And the, the thing with spirituality is about an, an exploration that we take ourselves. It's not about answers that someone else gives us, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, because spirituality isn't just about hearing, hearing things and having new beliefs. It's actually about experiencing truths and experiencing, um, having experiences that are so heart centered, you know, them deep within your being. So Mm -hmm. spirituality has to be a personal journey and it has to be a journey that someone goes and realizes these truths experientially in themselves rather than hearing something else. So my parents never came in and like, like, even though my dad was a, was a pastor than a spiritual teacher, it, it, my journey was never, my journey always had to be my own discoveries and it couldn't be what he was giving me or what he was telling me, you know? Like I obviously got inspiration and he provided a lot of, um, he provided a lot of inspiration and a lot of sort of encouragement, but it never was, it was, it was my own journey and it was my own questions that I actually had to like experience myself and, and and answer myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think it was about music? Cause I felt similarly when I think about like experiences in my childhood that I felt really that strong awareness. And when I'm thinking about it specifically, I'm thinking about, I remember noticing when I was a kid, cause I played piano when I was a kid and I played piano my whole life. And I remember noticing that I, when I would pay attention or be really, really aware to sort of every note in every movement and mm-hmm. sort of the broader, or even playing in recitals. Like if you focus on each individual note, you'll mess up. But if you just focus on the feeling and the heart of it, you can play beautifully. Mm-hmm. But I remember noticing when I was a little tiny kid and practicing what a difference it would make if I would just like pay attention. So I think there is something like fundamental about music that connects to your heart. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, I could talk about, I could talk music, music all day. Music, music is like, if, I mean, if not my favorite thing of all time, like it's one of my favorite things of all time. Like it just is like, there's just a, like, I feel like music is just that the, it just transcends language and transcends the mind in a way that just like, to me, no other, and again, this is subjective. Like, of course this is subjective, but it just transcends the mind in a way that no other art form does. Like it, there's just something about the, the poetry and rhythm of music that just sort of, it just brings out almost like a spiritual nature just in, at least that's how it's been for me. It's just like, there's something about the like music to me. Every time I hear music, it's like, it, it's like, so miraculous that there's even something in reality that can like take that form if that makes sense like mm-hmm. the like the rhythm and the poetry and the the way just the way it sounds it's like it's it's it, it feels like music to me that 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 why I, I had those musical experiences of like like the asking myself who is the the me behind the me that's feeling that music is because of like music has like such a spiritual nature to it that it just like triggered, it almost like triggered that, you know what I mean? Because I could have done that, who is the me having this experience? I could have done that with any experience, you know? Like I can do that with, I can do that experience with you right now. It's like, I'm talking, I'm talking to you right now, but who is the one that's aware of me have, talking right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it's but, like those two questions you asked in Saturday yeah, school. Exactly, exactly. Like it's like the two questions that my, that my dad asked. Like mm-hmm. you, can, you can do the experience anywhere. It just for me was like music, just like, brought it so much closer to the heart and like music like just brought it out that's like the best way i can describe it you know what i mean yeah it was so close to the heart that it just like triggered those questions and like triggered that like that like sort of perplexity at what that that thing was you know what i mean that's that's aware of this you know 
Do you remember what you were listening to when you were 10? Oh, rap, pro- rap for sure. I think it was probably, <laughs> I was, a, I'm a huge 50 Cent fan. So it was like probably Get Rich or Die Trying. Because that was like my album. I think it was, yeah, it was probably Get Rich, uh, Patiently Waiting off Get Rich or Die Trying, like 50 Cent's first verse on that. It was probably, yeah, it was probably, I don't know. That, that's the song that comes to mind when I describe that whole experience. It was probably Patiently Waiting by 50 Cent. Um, so yeah, something like that. Yeah. That, and also music, it's so, um, I, I feel this when I play music like in, with a group of people, it's, there's so many layers and parts to it that if you're not, when you're making music, if you're not completely aware, you'll screw the whole thing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you and have like, to if, pay attention and just yeah, balance everything. Music only exists in the present moment. Music only, yeah. so you have to be completely present you have to be completely and being aware is living in the present moment because awareness lives in the present moment. So those are synonymous. So you have to, like you just said, like you have to be completely aware in the present moment of everything that's going on in order to be in perfect synchronicity with the music. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not a music, I'm not a music player though. I'm, I'm just a music listener. So like, like you, you have a, even like a new sort of, you have a total like different layer of music that you've experienced, you know, of actually playing like in a group. I've never even played in a group. To me, it's purely just like a hearing experience for me. Yeah. But it's, I think it is the same thing. I mean, I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, a different perspective, you're right. Mm-hmm. But I think that we all can experience it. And, it. and especially with rap music, rap music is so interesting because I mean, we could talk about that for a long time, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much like cultural relevance when you think about the lyrics and rap music and the meaning and where they talk about, um, I remember watching something once and I, and I actually grew up in the inner city, like in a, um, I was, I it was like a 99% black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I grew up like with that kind of music all mm-hmm. the time, but the, what they talk about is just like the story and the history of, of black people in America and yeah. like all of the themes. It's so interesting when you yeah. think about it through that lens yeah rap rap is like the new punk rock essentially like, like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a big i'm a big punk fan as well but like rap rap has a certain energy to it that like other genres just like don't have like it has like a it's like the best of both worlds and it has all the energy and sort of the rebellious attitude that punk has but it also has such like a sonically pleasing sort of sound just the nature and the rhythm of rap like it just has such a like like everyone almost everyone likes rap I and mean, there's a reason why it's the biggest genre in the u.s right now it's like it's such a universal genre that anyone can do because you don't need a full band so it's very like universal that there's no bar for entry essentially like it's it's easy to it's it's easy enough for anyone to do and then it has that like yeah it has that rhythm and that energy while also having that sort of like rebellious nature and sort of like sticking it to the man kind of nature to it you know what I mean it makes it like yeah. so appealing so yeah. yeah but I and I think it like means so much for I remember hearing someone say once that like rap music and sports were like the only ways that young like black men could see themselves rise to and and yeah. now it's different you know as things um yeah. progress and get better but they were the only ways that like young black men could envision themselves rising to like a level of fame or success or achievement like that. And so when you like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's why they decided to interrupt with it. That's why there's so much overlap between rap and sports. Like there's, there's so reference in each other because like those those worlds overlap so much. 
Yeah. No, it's so interesting. Now I need to go back and I used to listen to Little Wayne all the time when I was. Yeah, I love. I'm a big, I'm a huge I'm a big, huge Wayne fan. On the school bus. Yeah, yeah. Same. I remember same. that. Same. I was like the basketball games, going to like middle school basketball games was like, yeah, Little yeah. Wayne all the time. Yeah. And then yeah. and then mod- modern rap right now is just like in a league of its own. Like I think modern rap, a lot of people kind of discount modern rap because it like they don't really get the sound of it or it sounds different to them. But modern rap to me is just like like so much better even than, than older stuff like my favorite of all time is young thug young thug um future um gonna those guys are to me are like the most they rap has become so much more, more melodic and about the actual like melody of the voices rather than just like the just lyrics delivered um sort of more like straight like they used to be it's more about like the flowing of the words and like the the it just it's like it's it's a rap is kind of undergoing like a like a psychedelic revolution almost in the past couple of years it's just made it like so much more colorful and so much more vibrant so just the genre is just like taken off even more than it has in the past couple of years which has made it like so fun yeah that is exciting or like i guess that's like mumble rap is that what it's called yeah, yeah that's, like that's the... what people call it is is mumble rap because it's less about the actual words being said and more about the actual like rhythms of the but it, it took on such a more of a spiritual nature because it's like it became so much more about the like way that the the sounds were making you feel rather than the words themselves. So like uh-huh. rap almost rap went like post-verbal essentially, like, like all spirituality is, is going post-verbal because you actually can't express the truth. Words aren't enough to actually express the truth. You know, like spirituality is going beyond the mind. And it was like rap went like post-verbal and almost like beyond the mind. And it became like even more beautiful. Like it just, it just, it was cool. just it's awesome now. Yeah. I have I have a lot to listen to. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's a bit. It can be a bit of an acquired taste, but like I've noticed, like anyone that every, everyone I've talked to that like didn't love it at first, like started fell in love with it once they like really started to 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 get into it, and like once they started to kind of sort of acquire the taste for it, it's like then they then they got the genius of it. It takes a minute to get the genius of it, but once you get the genius of it, it's like oh my god, like these guys are insane. Yeah. Yeah, it just, and it makes you want to dance. It's such a whole body yeah. experience too. Exactly. Yeah, because it's hard. Like, yeah, it's the yeah. rhythm and like the bass and. Yeah, yeah you feel in your whole body. So again, it's like it's very it's very heart centered because you you feel it in the. It's not just like listening. It's actually like feeling it. Yeah. So what, when you got older and you could connect two different ideas and talk about the way you felt, what helped you to, kind of grasp that idea of your awareness what helps me um actually experientially having having awakenings into what what that that awareness was that was that was aware of trace is actually it's again it's it's tough to put language to it but actually sort of having transpersonal transcendent experiences that were going beyond the mind and going beyond trace and realizing what that the reason why that always perplexed me is there's this awareness that's aware of trace is because there is, there's, there's something within me that exists beyond trace, essentially. And actually, there's something within me that, that transcends the human and transcends the ego. And actually fully experientially experiencing that, um, that's, a bit of, that's a bit redundant, experientially experiencing. <laughs> I know um, what you mean. Um, but actually experiencing that um, was sort of helped me helped me understand why that part sort of perplexed me it was like it was like those questions i had as young trace were like something that was sort of like tugging me almost it was like it just had like i call it my doorway into spirituality because it just always even if i wasn't interested in spirituality as a young kid i always was sort of like open to it and always knew that there was like a door 
sort of open to it. And it was like, it just felt like it was tugging me. Like there was something my whole life that was tugging me to figure out what that, that me behind the me is. And then fully sort of experiencing what that, what that is essentially. And again, putting words to it's just so tough, but actually experiencing that was like, helped me, helped me integrate and helped me understand why that perplexed me and what that actually, what I actually, essentially when I say what that, what, when I, when I talk about being perplexed at what that awareness is of trace, what I'm, what I'm really saying in essence is I, I wanted to know what am I, what am, there's always an I that's, that's, that's perceiving and aware of everything. And I wanted to know what I am essentially. Um, so really having, having experiences in that through meditation, through just spiritual experiences, um, awakenings really helped me sort of understand that. Is the best way I can answer that question. Have you had any specific moments that like come to mind? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Over, over the past, I mean, it's really been the past year, um, which, which again was one of the sort of silver in a in like in, in COVID and quarantine, like taking away all the stuff that I did outside and all the social events and actually just like for the past year being inside most of the time sitting with myself, you know what I mean? Having much more alone time. It's like, my spiritual growth is just like forced spiritual growth, um, essentially. So this, this past year I've had multiple, yeah, I've had, I've had a good amount of like, um, I've had a good amount of experiences that have really sort of, yeah, that, that, that like that I was talking about that I can, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple of big ones that I've like, there's a couple big awakenings I've had that I sort of were like the, the biggest ones. Yeah. Two, two really come to mind. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, I feel it's like it's, it's a lot more about uncovering things and like sitting in silence and pulling back. I heard a guy say this really well yesterday that kind of relates to this, but he was talking about, he was actually a Native American chief and I was listening to him talk. One of my friends was interviewing him for an event and he was talking about this experience that made him really angry and he just kept going back to it. And eventually he realized that he had to, instead of getting mad at this experience, go to the root of it. And I feel like when you're alone like that, you have the chance to sort of go to the root of things instead of always reacting to Mm -hmm. that thing. And maybe the thing that's making you react is really the root of the same problem that when you're in silence, you can uncover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like when you're, when you're by yourself, you're able to sort of connect. It's easier to connect to the stillness and you only really have revelations when you when you rest in that stillness it's like the it's the ultimate paradox is like if we as humans we our minds have tricked us into thinking that if we just think more then we'll we'll know more and realize more and have more revelations but it's actually when the mind is at its most quiet and at its most peaceful that we actually get revelations and insights and and truth is actually permeated through our beings is like when the mind is quiet so like a lot of my exploration into this meditation I'm, i love meditation so like my experiences have come from meditation from just being out in nature from just resting that stillness it's like the times in which my i was able to sort of rest as easily in that stillness is when these sort of experiences came rather yeah. than just like thinking and philosophizing about them and like getting stuck in my head yeah yeah no i know what you mean because i tend to do the later a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is i've i've lived alone the whole time during quarantine Ooh. I think I, it's, it's, it's good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm but sure actually, yeah. I've, I think I moved here like in May, 
which was right around okay. when it started. So it's been a very interesting, like I've never spent this much time completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I go places and I go out, but the majority of my time is completely spent alone. And it, I feel like I've just changed so much mm, Yeah. from not really experiencing that much, but just getting to know who I am without anything else. Yeah. Yeah. This, this past year, I, I think that we're going to see such a different humanity is just changing in so many ways that we're not even aware of yet because of COVID in the past year. Like, I think that it brought COVID brought so much suffering, but it also brought, I think you're going to have so many more awakenings and so much more consciousness evolution just because of like, it like, it like forced, it was like COVID was almost like putting us a lot of, a lot of us like in timeout, like just like forcing us to like go sit there and like, like you're just going to sit here and you're going to, you're going to spiritually you're gonna think go about what you did. Else. Yeah. I think well, not even, yeah, not even that we were, I don't want to make it sound like we were like being punished, but more like it was being in a timeout as in like, you're going to go sit, you're going to go sit by yourself and you're going to spiritually grow. <laughs> like, yeah. like we're going to, we're going to take away all those external distractions and you're going to sit with yourself and discover more about yourself and really sort of spiritually grow. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you have to, I think it's easy to get, you know, sort of sad about the current situation, but to reconstruct things that are screwed up, you have to deconstruct them first. Exactly. And that's exactly. happened for us really quickly, which is in a way a gift. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. And, and, but, and it's like, I think just, I just think COVID has just like, exposed so many things and it like it's brought up forth so many different changes that it's like we're not even aware we're not even conscious enough of how much stuff is actually going to be changed and how different so many aspects of life are going to be are going to be you know what i mean it's just like we're going to have yeah. a more like we're going to have now a lot of people did sink into fear-based patterns and some people did regress for sure because of covid but a lot of people went through some tremendous growth and I think a lot of people had some experiences and some awakenings that are really going to sort of change the world and change the whole paradigm in which we operate in. Yeah. Still having. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause exactly. who knows yeah. how long this is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm kind of talking about it. Like it's like, it's over, but I mean, yeah, not it, could be, it could be a while longer and it could be, the growth could even be, you know, even more like we, we have yet to see how much this is going to change things. Yeah. I, th I think it shows us too, and I've talked with a lot of people that have felt this way, but it shows us that we aren't, but we feel very disconnected during this time, but really it also shows us how connected we are mm, because yeah. this one thing is impacting every single person. And in some ways that's very comforting because it's not like one of us is experiencing this thing alone. It's the whole entire world. Like I'll talk mm -hmm. to people and Paris or Tokyo and everyone is like yeah we're same thing same things going on which is wild yeah. there hasn't there's not usually a time where you can talk to everyone all around the world and they're all sort of thinking about the same thing yeah no there was a weird like it's a weird sort of like comfort almost and like the, the fact that like every single person on earth is like dealing with the same thing you're dealing with you know what mm -hmm. I mean like like you obviously it's we don't we don't want people to suffer and the suffering has been awful because of COVID but at this but it's, it's weird how like knowing that like no person could escape like COVID affecting their lives in some way. It brings like a, it brings like a like sort of like unity and like a, like, like a connection almost to everyone. Like no one has been able, this has not, not affected anyone's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not special in the fact that this has like changed my life in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little special because you live in California. 
Yeah, yeah. But- <laughs> true. We're, actually, where, I, where we live in LA, it's been bad the whole time. Like, we haven't had those, like, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So in, where, we, where we live in LA, it's been pretty brutal. Like, we've been one of the hot spots for the consistently the whole time. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's been challenging, you know? Like, I'm, I'm very, the, the, the life I have, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful because I don't have a lot of the same challenges that other people have. And, like, it, like there was, a, I have a lot of um, fortunate things about my life that means I didn't have to suffer like other people did during this time period. But at the same yeah. time, it's, it's still been really hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I'm like, damn, it's been hard for me. I can't even imagine for other people, you know? Like, it's been yeah. challenging and hard for me. Like, man, it's, it's yeah, it's been, it's been challenging for everyone. It's been difficult. Has it, is it hard to live with your whole family? Do you live with your whole family in one house? Yeah. Yeah. We, in the past year, um, it's luckily my family, like we have, we're all like best friends with each other. So like, it's like, yeah, we, and I'm working with my dad now. So it's like, we get along so well that it's, it's fun in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. The, the space does get cramped a little bit you know what I mean but yeah um, we're not like like I've heard of some of their families just like fighting all the time and just like like we're not a family at all that like ever argues or bickers with each other you know what I mean like we're, that's cool yeah we're I'm, I'm very again that's what I'm saying like I'm very very grateful to have certain things in my life because um it um it I don't have to deal with a lot of the other things that people do and we've we've had a lot like a lot of we've bonded even more so and we were already so close but we've bonded a lot during this time period um and now i'm able to come down to my to my girlfriend's place here in hermosa so now i don't have to like live with them 24 7 you know like I can yeah have, i have some more i have much more space over here so uh it's pretty nice you have some rest yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it is kind of fun being because I, I was living with my family and there were how many people were there like five i think mm-hmm. before i lived here and it was fun it was honestly mm-hmm. like probably one of the best like few months of my life mm, mm, that's amazing but well I don't know if I'd say that I feel like I say that like every year well or all I mean, the time the, the, <laughs> it might be the, your life just that's that's a good sign that means your life yeah. is getting better Keeps and better getting I mean, better that, yeah, yeah that, that's a spiritual growth right there you know <laughs> like yeah but I don't yeah I don't think it has to be bad and I think that we're supposed to I think another thing this is teaching us too is we're supposed to live in communities we're supposed to live in tribes and only in America recently have we had this idea that you like live alone or you're yeah. completely independent or like your whole life is sort of focused on the acquisition of wealth so that you can further be your own isolated person. Yeah. Which is a very, which is a very spiritually deprived idea. <laughs> yeah. It's way. not it's a, a very, human idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a very materialist idea that we just have this one life that we exist within and then you have to make the most of it and like be on your own and be independent. It's like, yeah. why can't we be like, why can't we like have community and be like, have our tribe with our family? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or even yeah. like in most of the world, people live with their extended family, like their whole life. Like they yeah. live with their parents and their grandparents and like, the parents and the grandparents help take care of the young kids and it's all that's how it's always been yeah i think we i just think we swung the swung the pendulum in the other direction too much you know what i mean like here yeah. we're like we're so individualistic especially in the west like we're so individualistic and so sort of like every, you have to be on your own and have to like provide on your, provide on your own which is that's a good it's good to have responsibility it's good to have autonomy and and be an individual but also like we swung it too far in the other direction where like parents like like they have to like kick their kids out of the house or like they have to be on their own you know what I mean like yeah why can't yeah there's, the, a, there's a middle ground there that's like, yeah that's very beautiful 
You don't want to be living in your parents' basement when you're 35. Yeah, exactly. Eating, that's, a little, like, that's, waffles. A other, that's a pendulum in the yeah. other direction. I'm saying there's, there's, a, there's, yeah. a middle ground, there's a middle ground there that's like, it's really great. Yeah. No, I, I think I've thought about that a lot because I'm living, I'm 26. How old are you? 22. 22. Okay. I'm living by myself and I work for, I have my own business and I work for myself. So I'm kind of like doing everything by myself and it's, it, it's fun, but it's also like, I feel like it's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Especially no, you, now things are no, we, yeah. more separate. Yeah. No, we need cooperation with, with humans and we need community. It's like, it's like our, it's like, it's like in our, it's in our DNA. You know what I mean? To be like yeah. cooperating and working and collaborating with other humans. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, I'm definitely a very like, I'm, I'm an introvert at heart and I like my alone time and I like being, I'm, I'm an, I'm, I'm individual in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like even, even I need to have other people, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. some, some cooperation and, and collaboration with other people. Yeah. Yeah. We all need that despite yeah. our, introvert or extrovertedness exactly and I feel like I I heard someone say once that like if you're an introvert or an extrovert to the point where you can never be alone that's just not being a healthy person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not something you can blame on being an extrovert exactly and the same thing for for introverts if you if you are terrible in social situations well social skills are a good thing to have you know what I mean like if you can only be alone like not a not a good you know you have to find some like middle ground and balance So how did you get to the point of doing this with your dad where you're talking? I'm so excited for the rest of the year. And I guess we should explain. So you're doing, I'm just going to say this so that people can know. So you're doing Saturday school, the Uh first Saturday of every month for the rest of the year. And the rest of the year. And it started with an introduction to awareness. The next one is about your body. I'm very excited about that. The the second one is about the mind. It's how how the mind the third one is about the body. So the second one is how the mind thinks and dreams. Okay. Um, so we're going to do an episode about the mind and awareness relationship to mind. Um, well, meditation. Um, we're going to do some really cool. Uh, I'm really excited for this. One. We're going to do some really cool stuff about the mind and sort of like time. We're building on that whole first episode. Um, okay. And then the third one is going to be all about the body. Um, and again, tying in the body to that first episode. It's like the first episode we were trying to lay the foundation, and the second thing, the second epi- second and third episodes about the mind and body are going to be like building on that first sort of foundation. And it's going to be like we're going to be like connecting threads and connecting dots that are going to be like hopefully like oh aha moments, you know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so those that will be the next one is uh, March. I don't know the exact date in March, but it's the first Saturday. Of Mar- it's the first Saturday of each month. So it's the first Saturday of March. And then the first Saturday of April is going to be that third um, body episode. Do you like doing that together? I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because it's so fun because this is like, this is like material my dad and I have been talking about for like the past like nine months. And mm-hmm. then like we've both been exploring it. We've both been having awakening experiences. We've both been sort of like talking about this and sort of like cooking this up. So to actually like get to do it for people and then see like people's reaction is like kind of mind blowing. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is like, like I didn't, when I was first exploring this stuff with my dad and talking with my dad about it, I didn't even like think, I didn't even like cross my mind that it would like, this would be like something we'd like teach together. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I didn't even, and then he was like, it was his idea. Then I was like, oh man, I was like, this is like a really good idea. So getting to sort of craft, cause it's not only just like crafting sort of like talks or like teachings, it's actually like really exploring this material ourselves. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and coming to new revelations and insights ourselves. So it's like, 
it's like a journey that we're both going on with everyone rather than just like teaching people something you know what I mean yeah um, and it's like a journey that like I've been on essentially my whole life but it's really accelerated the past year so then like adding like a teaching component to it has been like adding this whole another like component layer to it so it's like not only am I, am I exploring and having these revelations myself I'm also talking about them with other people and learning how other people I'm like learning like so much you know what I mean yeah um, and so it's just it's such a blast and I, I just my dad's my best friend so I just like whether or not we're teaching together or or not you know what I mean so it's just like just working with him and just like teaching with him is just like such a blast so fun that's great that's yeah. really fun yeah I'm enjoying it and I love I love the collaborative aspect you've done with the discussions mm-hmm. because there's thank discussions you, after it every week yeah, yeah. There's I have discussions on my on my website at tracebell.com. That's Bell with three L's. So T R A C E B E L L L dot com. So I do discussion groups weekly where the people come and then they um, uh, they come and then they discuss the material with me and we sort of learn from each other and it's sort of like a like group experience where I'm learning like I'm I'm getting feedback from people about what resonated with them. Um, we're talking about the material, talking about their own revelations, their own insights. And it's like a really fun sort of like group experience. That's, that's just such a blast because it's helping me. Um, and it's just fun to sort of create this environment where we all are like, we're all like sort of like spiritually nerding out because we all get to like talk about the same stuff, you know? Yeah, it's really fun. And I, I think too, it's, it's cool when you can add elements to of like your dad's talking about the scriptures in the class. Mm -hmm. And because I think that really healthy religion does look like that. It does look like a full integration of those things. It's not, that that was a huge, yeah. It's not that. that, Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to, I thought you were, I thought you had finished your sentence. That was a huge sort of huge revelation for me this past year was really sort of exploring this stuff. Cause like I said, I was never, I was never interested in religion. So I never grew up reading the Bible. I never really cared about it. Um, I just was like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't really care about the Bible. I don't really care about any of this religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then exploring this stuff this this past year and having these these deep revelations and awakenings, and then going back and looking at those scriptures and looking at actually what those scriptures are saying and and what those scriptures were were intended to say at when they were actually written. So that the actual truth of those scriptures, I was like, oh, all these scriptures are actually talking about all the stuff that I'm experiencing. So it was this like huge paradox of like this, these old texts from 2000 years ago that, that feel sort of outdated and just like religious scripture are actually way ahead of where culture is right now and are actually talking about and pointing to deep spiritual truths that not only do I know, I've also experienced now, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was like, it, for me, it was like a, I don't even want to say it was like a reclaiming of religion because I reclaiming implies that I claimed it in the first place. It was more just like a, like a, like a going back and like sort of claiming the actual essence of religion actually what those, those scriptures were saying. So like totally recontextualized the Bible and all those scriptures for me. And I, and I love, I love the, the Eastern religions even more. Like I love, um, I love the Bhagavad Gita. I love the, the Hindu scriptures those speak to me even more than the Bible does. I think the Bible has a lot of great stuff, but um, all those, all those seeing where all the religions were actually pointing to, like allowed me like connect the threads. And then like in the Saturday school, my dad and I were like, oh, this is gonna be brilliant. We're gonna, we can, we can put in like scripture. We can do this whole talk about these questions that perplex young trace. And we can do this whole exploration into awareness. And then we can also find scriptures that are pointing to the same thing as well. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. this, like, this, like, 
new ex this exploration of spirituality with these like scriptures and what they were actually pointing to you know yeah i think that'll be healing for a lot of people too because yeah. i think there's a fear of that i've i've experienced just in in experience i guess of people have of experience itself and your intuition mm -hmm. and your desires that and i think they're taught a lot that those things are bad or they're evil mm -hmm. or they'll lead you in the wrong path but really like you're talking about it's interesting that you came to this through experience because yeah, i think sure. a lot of people are taught one way then they have an experience and then they realize oh this the way that i actually am and the way life actually is doesn't mess match up with this so it must not be true yeah. and then there's never a healthy integration of those two things because where one was coming from doesn't match with the other when in reality it's not supposed to be like that. Yeah. And, and the, those re, those religions are just operating purely on belief and dogma and they're, so they're, they're operating on, uh, they're operating on, on not experience. So, so all those, they're going to conflict with the actual experiences that people have because they're not actually based on real tangible experiences and explorations of reality. It was like, those religions, all religions originally started off as esoteric, which means that God is within me, God mm -hmm. is within myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then they became all those esoteric religions. Once they got co-opted by humans and humans started to teach them more, they became exoteric religions, which means exoteric means that God exists out there. So all those religions originally started off with the truth is that you are spirit and God exists within you. And then all those religions eventually, like humans do, humans go into industries and, and um, humans take teachings and, and they bring corruption and they bring misinterpretations. They made them so God is out there and they, they took the power away from the actual truths that were originally intended in the, in the, when the original, religions were originally sort of founded and, and constructed. Um, so, re, so religion in itself, the actual truths of religion are great. But then religions just became these sort of like all about dogma and beliefs and these 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 structures that you had to believe in. Um, so so a lot of people have just grown up in those structures and they've broken free from it, which is great because they've broken free from the, the, the bad side of religion, essentially. But the problem is there's a there's an element of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is if they break free from the religion and then they throw all the religion away, they're throwing away still the the, the actual truth at the heart of those religions, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for this, I, I love that you pointed out because what with this we want to help people do is like to like sort of go back and they've broken free from religion and helping them to sort of go back and reclaim the actual truths at the heart of religion. So they're not just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're throwing out the bathwater but taking the baby. They're throwing out all the, the dogma and beliefs of religion but holding the truths and seeing actually what those religions that they grew up were actually pointing to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I listened, I loved the episodes you did on spiral dynamics and first and second year consciousness. They were so thank great. You. And I think you explained it so well, actually, that I can even, like, I remember after I listened to it, I could like spit it back because you guys mm. explained it so well. It was oh, great. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. that I love those. But um, I think that that's really helpful too, because that, that is painted when you, especially with the colors, as mm -hmm. you went through and painted the different, um, I guess there's like first tier up to like orange or green. Green, Yeah. Green, green. is the last stage of first tier. Yeah. Okay. And then you get into yellow. Yeah. Yellow is the first stage of second tier. Second tier consciousness. Yeah. Okay. But, but you can see 
it just really was so helpful in explaining. And I think the thing it did for me was to see, oh, I can't expect people maybe to meet me here because they're not there yeah, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. People can only love and sort of understand reality at their level of consciousness. So people are only able to, they have to move through the stages in order to move to the next one. So like, yeah, it was, that's what the model was so helpful for me as well. Cause it was like understanding that that person right there is perceiving the world, perceiving themselves and per- perceiving reality itself through their level. So they're not going to be able to meet you at a higher level because they just haven't moved up to that higher level yet. Yeah. Or even, I guess you could say higher, but it's, but it's also Different. like them existing within you too. Exactly. And because that's the, when that's you, the, Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. When you when you think about, um, sorry, I get excited and then I interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I do. <laughs> and it's harder on Zoom because it's not like you're with a person and you can. There's a little bit of a delay. Them. There's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um. But but even with like religious things too, you well, at least I feel when I go back and I read the Bible, I get frustrated at thinking, how can someone think that this is what it's saying. The one, what it's talking about really the whole time is like the word becoming flesh and the integration of spirit within you. And like, that's what Jesus is saying the whole time. How could it have Mm -hmm. become this way? But then when you start thinking of it through the lens of kind of, as you're explaining through all of the different levels of like empire and Mm -hmm. of all of those different things of capitalism and just, I mean, the whole, Mm -hmm. the whole nature of history, you're like, Oh, of course, this is not, the way that we experience and communicate things is not untainted by history and our experience of that and how that's affected us. Yeah. And that's, that's what the, the, you're pointing out, which is a, just a brilliant sort of aspect about the Bible is that it, it to so many people and to, to the, a lot of mainstream culture, it feels like it's like they would label it as like sort of backwards, old religious nonsense, but it's actually, it's critiques of empire and capitalism and society are actually way ahead of like where we are today. So it makes sense that, that the Bible and Christianity in America is so sort of misconstrued and misrepresented because you think about America's role in the world right now is we're the largest empire in the world. We have military bases all around the world. We're, we're involved in, what are we involved in? Eight wars right now, drone strikes in the Middle East. Like we are the empire. We are an empire. So we are the empire, essentially, that the Bible is talking about. You know what I mean? The Bible is critiquing. Yeah, so we're not the, the Israelites. <laughs> we're not the Israelites. So, so, the, so the, the empire of America, the, the, it's, there's, a, there's a great irony that, that Christianity is the number one religion in America because it's like the empire has co-opted the religion and then taught the religion in a way that backs up the empire, not realizing the actual truth of that book is critiquing the very system that it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And looking at it through the times too, like if you read some ideas now, you think, oh, that's not very modern or exciting, or that doesn't make sense. But if you're looking at it through what the tradition is of the times, Mm -hmm. those people would have been like, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the other thing about people that sort of write off the Bible or just think it's stupid. It's like, okay, it's, it's so contextual. Like the, the, the way the Bible was written was for that time. So you have, to, you have to read sort of between the lines, understand the context of those passages and of those verses. Like we're talking about 2000 years ago, life was so much different. So they were writing the Bible in a way that was going to connect to the people of that time. So you have to, you have to take those, those, the Bible and sort of 
understand the context, and then that way you'll, you're able to take away the truth that then you can apply to a current day context, which is yeah. what a lot of my dad's work has been done, is just reinterpreting the Bible in like a modern way. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah. of people have told me that have influenced me and helped me is you have to look at it through the world behind the text. So like where it's coming from and then the world of the text, what it's happening in and mm. the world now that you are experiencing it in. Mm, so there's like that. three lenses and layers and levels that you have to take into account instead of just reading something and saying, oh, this is exactly what it means. Literally, this is what I have to do. And also not realizing it's been translated, you know, so many times. And there, there are just so many, there's so many things that you have to think about. It's not a simple, as simple as this is the rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It takes way more nuance than it's, than it's taught right now. Um, so it's so much more nuanced and complex and, and rich and vibrant. Than and exciting. Exciting. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't... Um, read I used to be in a practice of like reading every day and I hadn't in a while and today I did and I just flipped to some random page and read like a couple pages and it was just great like I felt like Mm -hmm. my day was sort of uh there was like this there's this vibrancy and life in it that you can pin to everything else he was I was reading what was I reading it was it was talking about a lot of the stuff you guys were talking about like boundaries and Mm. um nothing and everything almost giving mm. things boundaries. I loved when you were talking about that during Saturday school, that how nothing and everything are those the two words you used mm-hmm. were the, are basically the same thing. Cause they're both limitless, borderless, boundaryless. Well, yeah, that's, that's the really, that's the really tricky thing about reality is like, like, and that's the, that's why I love that teaching so much is because nothing and everything seem like opposites. They seem like dualities. It's like, well, obviously nothing is the opposite of everything, but if you actually investigate the definition of both those words, they're actually the same thing. And actually it's like spirituality is a huge paradox. You actually can only have everything if you first have nothing because nothing, true nothingness has no thing within it to limit itself from being everything. So that, so, and another word for everything is also infinity. So when you think infinity and nothing are like, well, those are obviously opposites. Infinity is every possible thing. Nothing is no things. Well, those are actually, if you look at the definition of nothing and everything, those are actually the same thing. And then if you look at, you can even see this in like geometry. If you look at a circle with a radius of zero, that's the, that's the same as a circle with a radius of infinity. If you look at a number line, if you look at infinity on a number line, that's equivalent to zero. Because if you were to add all positive integers to infinity and all negative integers to an infinity, their answer is zero. So there's a fundamental relationship. And even to call it a relationship implies there's two things, but there's the nothing and everything, nothing and infinity, zero and infinity are actually the same thing, which is Man. becomes even more interesting when you think about how any explanation of reality has to have some sort of bottom from where it came from. So you think about when people say that the the universe came from the Big Bang. They say, well, where did the Big Bang come from? There has to be something that the Big Bang came from. So by definition, any explanation of reality has to start with ground zero, which is nothing. But if you actually look at, the, if you actually look at what nothing is, nothing is synonymous with everything. So we only actually ever have anything because nothing is the first thing to exist. <laughs> so this, and this is where you get into like really sort of like, uh, I don't want to call it spiritual uh philosophizing because it's actually like a very this sort of sort of stuff is like really personal 
sort of like these insights are really sort of personal and heart centered and actually have very practical implications for how we live. But this is where you get to like really the nothing and everything stuff is like where you get to really fun stuff because it's like that thing connected a lot of dots for me and it connected a lot of dots for my yeah. dad. So that was just that was such a blast. That was so that was so fun to be able to teach and and to hear it resonate with people is just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. And even if you think about are you studying math or something? No. I studied political okay. science in college. Okay. But even if you think about like a zero as a circle. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Zero is a circle. There's always going to be a, there's always, that's the thing that like, like why I said that actually has very practical implications because when you look in your, uh, when you look in your experience and your daily life, you start to see the relationship between things that appear to be opposites. So things that appear to be dualities and dual, if you actually look at the, if you sort of notice, you actually notice that they're actually much more non-dual than we thought. They're actually, there's a, there's a oneness behind everything because like, like I said, nothing infinity appear like they would obviously be opposites, but there's actually a oneness to those, both of those, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, it brings reality into the sort of like, oh, maybe everything, maybe everything isn't as disconnected as I thought. Maybe everything actually does have a fundamental oneness behind it because all these things that I thought were completely opposite are actually the same definition or the same thing. It's sort, yeah. sort of like, that's why I said it's like, a, it's a very like heart centered. It's not just spirit, spiritual, um, philosophy it's actually like a very heart-centered like it has very practical implications for how we live our life and how we understand reality yeah and and even like if you think about duality that's not that's something that we have given words to mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a way that we've made sense and explained things and if you think about too about like eastern religions their depiction of duality is yin and yang mm -hmm. which is a perfect circle complement it's mm -hmm. not these like two opposite things. It's these two opposite things that enable the other things to be each other because mm -hmm. they fit yeah. together in a circle. And, and the, the, the black and white rely on each other. So the black and the white look opposite. Black and white are like opposite colors, but that you actually can only see the white because there's something to contrast the white, which is the black. And you can only see the black because there's a, there's a opposite to the black, which is the white. So that's, that symbol is meant to show that these dualities actually rely on each other and there's actual and all all dualities have to have an opposite because there has to be something to contrast them with to able to be able to identify it. So all duality has a oneness behind it by definition because you only can understand something if it also has an opposite, which is why that symbol is so awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I've never I'd never thought about that much until recently. But so how does this fit in? So you studied political science. What are your what is like your vision? What's like your passion of what you love doing? Uh, I teach, teaching this, I, I, spirituality is my, is my, um, is my passion for sure. So, um, political science was sort of like my, like sort of grounding and sort of political science politics is basically just like spiritual spirit and spirituality almost in like in action. It's like how we actually live and, and interact as humans and create systems. Um, so spirituality, I mean, sorry, political studying political science was sort of like a, like a basis for me for um, study for understanding humanity and understanding um, how people relate to each other and um, policies that are heart centered. Um, I don't view politics as like politics and spirituality are completely intertwined, intertwined to me. So I don't believe that studying politics wasn't not studying spirituality. It was just studying spirituality in a, in a, you know, a form of spirituality, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was drawn into politics was because it was, it was all about how we relate to each other and how we craft a world 
that actually reflects um, the unity that, we, that, that unites us all, the unity behind the separation and distinctions. How do you think we do that? That's a big question. But how do I think we, how do I think we what? How can we begin to like imagine that, especially now having a uh, unity like that? Uh, well, evolution of consciousness. So spiral dynamics is a huge thing. So having, having the, the culture, having the center of gravity of culture move to those higher levels. There's, there's a only about, I forget if it's five or 10%, but only five or 10% of culture needs to move into the higher level to, to make the center of gravity of that culture become that level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, can you explain a little bit about spiral dynamics, just short yeah, thing? It's a, it's a map of consciousness evolution. So it's a, it's a map of, it's not only a map of consciousness evolution, but it's a map of psychological development in humans and communities. So it's a way that humans evolve, um, evolve their consciousness in a, in a way that allows to see the, allows them to see the world in a greater, um, in a greater embrace essentially. So it's, it allows them as people evolve through the, the different stages, they start to see the world in a more holistic and integrated way that allows them to have more sympathy, more compassion and understand other perspectives better. So it's basically, the, the best way I can describe it is it's basically just a, a map of human development itself. So it's, a, it's based on like tons of research and tons of data um, and it has so many different founders, um, but it's basically an overall map of how humanity is developing. So humanity goes through patterns and people go through patterns in stages of development. So the higher levels are where humanity is headed and there only needs to be about five or 10% of humanity in those higher levels before it shifts all of culture. Because you think about culture is dictated by essentially like the people the, the, the visionary thinkers and the forward thinking people. The thought you leaders. Know, you, don't need, you don't need all of culture to be at a higher level for all of culture, for the center of gravity of culture to be at that level. You just need a, a small amount of people. So, so your, your original, for your original question, yeah, getting people to evolve up, the, up the, in the stages and sort of getting culture to, to tip in a more, in a more holistic and, and integrated way will really change it. Um, I think... A big thing is the, the paradigm that science is operating under. Um, the paradigm that science is operating under is uh, outdated. Um, so it has a bunch of people walk around with a bunch of assumptions about existence and themselves that makes them essentially influences how they view the world and their lives in a way that's very subtle, but also um, destructive. Uh, so science the a paradigm shift in science um this is basically i, I guess i guess the i'm getting into detailed answers into just basically just humanity's evolution just just how we actually sort of evolve um our systems and our structures and evolve things politically is by just everyone growing and transforming and our societies and our culture sort of growing and transforming with us you know um that's the best way I can answer. I think that was your original question, right? Was yeah. How, yeah. And what a better thing to happen than COVID. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, like, like I was saying earlier, COVID's going to bring forth so many changes we don't even know yet that are like going to totally spur this in action. Yeah. How can people become more heart-centered like that? What are, what are ways, practices that people can connect to or tangible things that people can do? Um, I think the practice of gratitude is a huge one. So practicing 
uh, just practice being grateful for the things you have in your life. So just whether, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Just the fact that you're alive, it just, just pra I practice the gratitude is a huge one. Um, meditation, like I mentioned earlier, meditation is huge. Um, reading, uh, reading is a huge one. Um, uh, I mean, education is a big one as well, which I, but I, I know that's, that can be exclusive to people. So I, it's, you don't need to be educated, but educating yourself on, and when I say education, I mean, like, I don't mean like going to college, but just like education is in educating yourself. So educating on different cultures, um, different perspectives, um, uh, practicing, practicing being more mindful, which again, is just like meditation, but any sort of, any sort of practice that makes you live more in the present moment and um, live more from the heart uh, is going to, is going to open up your heart and help you live from the heart more. Um, but I guess the first, the two, the first two that come to mind to me are just like practice of gratitude and meditation are huge. Those were, those were huge for me. I can speak from my personal experience and those were two of the biggest ones for me. Yeah. I, my sister told me something the other day and I think she was listening to something. I can't remember where she heard this, but she was learning about the native American practice of Thanksgiving mm -hmm. before it was like an American thing or an American holiday. And the girl was saying that, and the Native American practice, they don't just have like a day of Thanksgiving. They have a practice of giving thanks, like not just praying before they eat, but before they do everything. Mm, and yeah. they're always, it was so beautiful though. It really stuck with me just coming at everything from a place of thankfulness and gratitude because it doesn't change what you have, but it completely changes your reality. That's a, that's a very great line. That's, that's a really great line. It doesn't, it doesn't change what you have, but it changes your reality. It doesn't change anything you have, but it recontextualizes how you view what you do have, you know, yeah. and people, people hear the practice of gratitude. They're like, well, my life sucks. I don't have anything to be grateful for. It's like total bullshit. There's, there's at least one thing you're grateful for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're literally, you're literally talking right now. Like you're alive. You know what I mean? Start with that one. You know, yeah. you're alive. Like, or even like reality exists. How about that to be grateful for? You know, like you can, no matter where you are in life, you can find at least a couple of things to be grateful for, you know, and that, that's a huge, that's a huge one. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's hard for people, especially now, because you can see what everything else, what everyone else has and what you aspire to have. And I think that we're often so centered on what we want and what we're going to acquire and what we're lacking. I mean, I think humans are naturally wired that way. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. harder to live from a place of the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where, this is where spiritual growth comes in huge. It's like, like really sort of going going through spiritual growth and really exploring to the nature of of who we are and who you are the essence behind you makes you makes you more grateful makes you more grateful for existence like even you said like humans are hardwired um humans are hardwired to to not maybe to to want and and strive and that's why it's imperative that humans explore who they actually are and explore the essence behind who they are you know it's yeah. like connecting connecting with that part of you that's it's free from all experience connects you to that part that, that doesn't just cling and grasp and want more in every present moment. It's connecting to that part of you that is free from experience and free from any sort of destruction helps you appreciate the moment, the present moment, no matter what the present moment is, you know, like it yeah. helps you live more in the present moment and, and the present moment becomes more vibrant rather than just using the present moment as a means to try to achieve more or get more or, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Cause getting too always implies like taking from someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and then- it's always a, it's coming from a place of lack. It's always getting something to fill some sort of lack. And it's yeah. like spiritual growth is, is learning to, like we said, living from the heart and living from a place in which there is no lack and you're it- not constantly lacking in every moment. You're, you're, you're fulfilled in every moment. So you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't, you're not spending your life trying to just frantically grab and get things. You know what I mean? You're, you're fulfilled and, and accept life as it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Coming from, how did you guys say it? Coming at things from a place of, you don't have, you don't come at things from a place of trying to find common ground because you already are on common ground. Mm-hmm, exactly. You always have yeah. been. You operate your life connecting to that common ground so you're not in, in like exactly so you're not in moments trying to like find it with people you know what i mean you're living your life from that space yeah and i think i'll, I'll wrap up soon because i don't want to keep you for too long but i think that's really a beautiful thing of where we can learn from other practices and religions and spiritualities because in so many like native practices or earth-based religions or um eastern religions there is that aspect of sort of grounding, connecting to nature, connecting to the earth, connecting to the whole of things. That's really beautiful and important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, being out in nature is one of the top spiritual practices. Being out in nature is just like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Cause it's un, it's untouched mm-hmm. by us. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. We've made everything our own for our own use. Mm-hmm. Yep. Free from humans. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I mean, we, we already talked about Saturday school, but if people want to um, register for Saturday school, it's on robbell.com. There's going to be a Saturday school um, sort of icon on his page that you click on so they can register for the classes. And then, like I said, I'm doing discussion groups on my website, which is tracebell.com, bell with three L's. Um, so, and then on my website, there's a little Saturday school tab where they can sign up for discussion groups. Um, but those are the, the links. Those are the websites for, for signups for Saturday school. Great. Um, yep. And I can personally say it's really fun. It's yeah, exciting. It's, yeah. And it's been so fun to have our discussion group was great. It was so fun to have you in the discussion group. It was just, it was such a blast overall. Yeah, likewise. I guess it it wouldn't have been a discussion group if you weren't in it, though. So, because you're kind of the leader. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get everyone. I'm trying to get everyone to talk. I'm trying to. I'm doing my best on Zoom. So I, I I've gotten better at them through the the more discussion groups I've done. I think yeah. yours is one of the earliest ones. I mean, I I thought ours went went awesome, but yeah. I, I I'm getting better at like sort of like getting people to talk on Zoom and getting a conversation going. So being a facilitator. Um, being a facilitator, yeah. Which I which I like. I like being I like being social with people and and sort of learning from people yeah Um, but yeah it's so fun likewise it's kind of like a seminar style yeah exactly exactly i'm trying to i'm trying to be fun and have people be comfortable and sort of like share with each other i might knock down the the max because i think that there were like eight people in the group i might knock it down to like six people max or four people max so i've just noticed that's a little easier to get conversation going yeah Uh, because eight people is is a lot so um I, i might like knock the the max participants down a little bit but um, to yeah. make it a little better. So the, the next round of discussion groups will be even better, even though I thought all of them, all the ones so far have been really, really good. They're just fine tuning little things. That's great. I'm very excited to see. I'm excited for the next two ones and I'm nice. excited to see the topics of yeah. the next. I can't, I can't wait for you to see it and then talk about it with you. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. It'll be really, really fun. fun. 
Well, thank you for making thank the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. This was such a blast. And I'll see you uh, in a month. Okay. Yep. See you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.